eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey Sports presents Big Time Baseball with former Major Leaguer Tony Gwynn Jr. and Odyssey Insider Cody Decker. It's a new week in Major League Baseball, a new week in life, and of course you got yourselves a new big-time baseball right here on Odyssey Sports. I'm Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and most importantly with me as always, the one, the only, Tony Gwynn Jr. Tony, how you doing, man? How you been these last two weeks? I missed you last week. Yeah, man, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, we're, we're back at it this week. I'm doing all right. Um, I don't know how the city of San Diego is feeling, however... Uh, falling one game back. Well, we're going to get into all that here in a sec. Good to be with you, Cody, and uh, got a, got a lot to go over this week, man. So much to go over because just over the weekend, the entire dichotomy of the playoff picture has completely changed, completely shifted, and teams that we loved all year, and I mean all year, teams that were up around the first place, teams that we have adamantly said we're one of the best teams in baseball they have all fallen off on hard times and we will get to all of that but first things first let's get to the main thing yesterday we had something to celebrate in major league baseball and that is miguel cabrera hitting his 500th home run only the 28th player in the history of major league baseball to do it up next 3,000 hits, which would put him in elite of elite of elite of elite categories of 500, 3,000, only a couple even in our lifetimes. Uh, whenever I think of a 3,000 hit guy, 500 home run guy, Tony, the first name that comes to my mind, because to me, whenever I saw him play in Dodger Stadium as a kid, and he came back as a, a veteran player, he was there when I was a little kid, he came back as a veteran player, and every time he came to the plate, Chavez Ravine was rocking with Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. I think of Eddie Murray as the number one guy for me, 3,500. Who comes to mind with you? You know what, Cody? I would have to 100% agree with you. That was the first time um, in my childhood that I, I remember seeing somebody uh, do 3,000 hits, 500 home runs. Eddie Murray happens to be the same guy that, that I think of, too. And I don't know that everybody thinks of Eddie when it comes to those, to the, to those type of numbers, but Clearly, it's an elite company. There's only, what, six players now, seven 
to 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 have ever done it. Um, and you know, it's 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 an accomplishment that I, you just I don't think we're going to continue to see very often. I mean, that's how legitimate this is, and especially the way the game is played now. Um, but it's an amazing feat. Listen for me, Miguel Cabrera is. Uh, top two right-handed hitters I've ever top three right-handed hitters I ever had a chance uh to share a field with I mean Pujols it's Pujols him uh and then probably Manny Ramirez in my eyes and um that's that's elite company I mean he I think at this point and probably even before this point he was uh, a hall of famer and I think this is only solidifying that and what's amazing you mentioned the six players and now just hear these names that Miguel Cabrera has a potential to getting into. And why we say potential is because he's currently sitting on 2,955 hits. He's 45 hits away. He could absolutely do this this season. I hope he does. But here are the names that he's be in the same category with. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Rafael Palmero, Albert Pujols, Alex Rodriguez, and Eddie Murray. All of which, with the exception of Palmero and Rodriguez and Pujols, who will be a Hall of Famer, all of which Hall right. of Famers, all of which are arguably should be on the Mount Rushmore of Major League Baseball. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is a guy that I don't. Is it because he's in Detroit that we just don't pay attention to the amount of dominance that he absolutely has done over the past twenty years? I, I think that is the reason now. I mean, because at one time Detroit was one of the teams in the American League that we paid attention to. It wasn't mm-hmm. seem it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. So I think now because they're in the 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 situation that they are in, uh we tend not to pay a whole lot of attention to Miguel. And he slowed down a little bit. He's not uh doing the same type of stuff he was doing earlier in his career as he's as he's gotten older. But nevertheless, uh this is a guy who who should be getting that type of that type of love and that type of attention because uh, not only is he closing in on 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 three thousand on three thousand hits, he's also closing in on fifteen hundred RBIs. Like, I mean, the guy is is just having a, as I said, a Hall of Fame career. So, um, I, I I don't know why we're not paying attention to him as much as we used to, but um, it certainly seems like we 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 sh- we should be doing just that. And, you know, you mentioned that one of the best right-handed hitters you've ever shared a field with. I've sadly never got to share a field with Miguel Cabrera, but I have probably of any, I don't normally break down other players' swings that very often to, you know, try and nitpick something for myself. Miguel Cabrera's swing is absolutely one of the swings I would always look at because there's certain things he could do. There's something, what he could do with his barrel path, how he stays through the zone is arguably second to none, I think, in all of baseball. Like, it's just his swing seems effortless. And I agree that he's a huge guy and he gets away with being a little bit more effortless. But just that path through the zone, his timing and how simple his swing is just to me makes him one of the best right-handed hitters to watch at any time, at any point in history. And forgive me, I said 1,500. I meant 1,800 RBIs he's closing in on. Um, you're 100% right. He he is that swing. I mean, for, for a hitting nerd, uh, a, a, self, a, a self-claimed hitting nerd, um, he's one of the guys I always looked at. His lower half works as good as anybody in baseball and it always has which is why he's been able to really go pole to pole on the field with authority and yes he is big but he wasn't always big and he was still doing those same type of things so I just think as he's gotten older the effort 
can become a little bit less because he is bigger, stronger than he was earlier. But he's from the moment he stepped on the field, he was that dude at the plate. And so not a surprise to see him closing in on the milestones that he is closing in on. Well, we teased it at the beginning of the show. We've gone a full five minutes of gushing about how much we love about Miguel Cabrera. Now we got to get to the darkness of Major League Baseball, and that darkness is the NL wild card. Mm. What can you say? What word can you use other than, quite frankly, and I hate to use this word because we use teams all season. We had like the Mets that we loved, even though we knew they were underperforming. We know they can hit, but they just weren't. But they were in first place by a handed amount. We had the Padres, who were right up there with the top two teams in the NL West, who were right up there with the Dodgers and Giants in record. Both of these teams absolutely collapsed in these last couple of weeks. The Mets falling out of first place all the way down to third place in their division. The Padres falling out of the wild card and falling back above double digits behind the Dodgers, who are currently in second place for the uh, first wild card. What is happening now, right now? You got the Reds that just got into the second wild card. It is pure chaos and madness. And you mentioned at the top of the show how much panic is taking place in San Diego. I think first and foremost, and and, and don't look now, all of a sudden the Dodgers are starting to close the gap there on the, on the Giants. So mm-hmm. uh, a, a lot of these things, I, I, I'll defend us on one part. At least with the Mets, we always had the caveat that somebody could catch them because nobody was really running away with the division. And and that's exactly what's happened in the National League East. You, you had both Philly uh, and the Braves catching. Now those two seem to be toggling for that top spot. Now the Padres is, is there's no way around it. It's just a complete surprise to see what has happened. Um, it, it started out as kind of an underperforming from a starting pitching standpoint. Um, but then it turned into that plus injuries. Um, you're already in probably the toughest division in the national league. Um, and, and so with that, um, all of a sudden you've seen the slide, the Padres offense has been inconsistent. Um, kind of, you know, when you compare it to the 2020 season and by, albeit there were 60 games in the DH there, uh, those things don't exist this year. However, they haven't lived up to that same standard. And because of that, and the factor in the Joey Votto putting, uh, the offense, and the Reds on his back and having an MVP run right now, um, all of a sudden it's it's a it's a perfect mix for a slide. And the, really, the Padres have played below 100, 500 baseball since the break. And listen, that's generally not going to get it done. And and here they are now, one game one game behind uh, the Cincinnati Reds for that second wild card spot. Now, beginning of the season, we were talking about how the Padres absolutely loaded up their pitching staffs, and yeah. they did. But look at them now. They're running out a skeleton crew. They're rolling out right now, a t- arguably a two-man rotation. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, you just can't compete with that, and especially that part of that two-man rotation. I don't want to badmouth Blake Snell because Blake Snell is a hell of a pitcher, but he, let's. I think Blake Snell would even be the first one to say he has not pitched to his potential this season in San Diego. Um, you Darvish being hurt. That's a huge, huge hit. I'm looking forward to you Darvish joining the team again, but I do have a theory and I'd would love, love to get your take on this, Tony. And the reason why it comes to mind is because in 2015, when AJ Preller first became the general manager of the San Diego Padres, you know, the Padres made a lot of trades. They got Matt Kemp. They went and got BJ Upton. They went and got Justin Upton. They went and got Craig Kimbrell, all these new b- bodies that came in. 
that were all huge. And I remember one time we were sitting there in spring training and the clubhouse was not exactly the most fun place during spring training. There were players on the team that already weren't getting along. You can kind of see it. And I remember I was out at a bar one night and AJ Preller was there and he asked me what I thought about the team because I've been with the organization for a while. And I just said, you know, there's a couple of weird hiccups that I'm starting to see that I don't know. I, I'm a little I'm a little concerned. And me being a triple A guy, having actually saying this was clear that I had a couple of drinks in me. But he uh, <laughs> he asked. Right, right. He asked. So I told right. him. And I think I, I, I don't know this. I don't know if whether he was mad at me from that or he appreciated the honesty. But he did say a phrase that I that it stuck with me. And that seems like something that the Padres have stuck with ever since. And he said, yeah, but, you know, Cody, sometimes talent does win out. And I sat there and mm. I thought about it, like, you're right. Sometimes it does. And I'm looking at the team this year and the amount of talent accompanied with it was clear that they were having fun. That clubhouse was clearly together. And then we got to the trade deadline and all of a sudden the trades weren't exciting anymore. And now there was talk about moving Hosmer and they're asking Hosmer questions about it. And he was clearly annoyed and bothered by it. Is it possible that this trade deadline might have had a negative effect on that Padre clubhouse and we are seeing it? kind of slowly poison onto the field it, it it could be it certainly could be it's hard to it's hard to know um I, I i think you always run that risk when the trade deadline comes and you have you know what looks to be a good thing and you need to add some pieces and and you know the rumor mill starts to kick out and you know it, it it leaks out and listen we talk about it all the time these these players are human beings they hear these things and as you said uh, it doesn't sit well all the time and listen i don't know I, what i do know is aj preller keeps things pretty close to the vest mm-hmm. and so th- this is an example of probably why he does cuz when it leaks out the way it does it can be hurtful to guys and it can affect performance not to say that it has so it certainly can be uh one of those one of those situations um, I tend to believe that, you know, when you're losing, those things start to to kind of bubble up. Mm-hmm. Had they went on to win yesterday after that big game in the ninth inning where they tie it up the night before that, uh, we may might be having a different conversation right now. But certainly, um, you, you can't you can't dis you can't just throw that aside. It, it certainly could be something. But this team just hasn't played well even before you got to the deadline. They were already not playing well. So. Um, the, for the, after the deadline, it seemingly has gotten worse. You're right. You know, and I know AJ Preller did sign that long extension, but this collapse, I mean, I don't expect them to be on the hot seat, but you think that the Padres, you know, other front office members, maybe president of the, uh, whatever you think they might be looking at this thinking, uh, Oh, we did spend quite a bit of money. We did a lot. And this is a pretty nasty collapse. Or do you think it's just move forward onto the next season? If this doesn't work out, I, I, I think we have to wait and see. I, I, I tend to believe that this won't lead to anything like that mm-hmm. uh at least from from aj preller's standpoint um uh but that being said there's still a month and some change of this season to go there's still some time they're only one out to get this thing going. And the thing is if they get in none of this stuff is is matters because mm-hmm. now it's you're in a, a one game playoff and it's winner go home so uh i don't know that even if they played their best could they win this division? And that's that was that was known going in, right? I mean, it was the Dodgers and Padres is what we thought. The Giants have turned out to be the pace setters, not only in the National League West, but all of baseball. So um, 
I just think that, that they got to try to figure out a way to get in and, and, and then take care of things from there. But all of those things probably are in play with the exception of, you know, the collapse causing, you know, some a guy like A.J. Preller to have to go. Yeah, and you know, we're not not to focus all on the Padres because this NL wild card has not just about the Padres. I mean, we no. talked about the Dodgers. The Dodgers currently have the first wild card. They've won nine of their last 10. And this should tell you how good the Giants have been. The Dodgers have won nine of their last 10, gained one game. <laughs> I, know. I know. And that's been the that's been the case all season long, uh, even when the Padres were, were going with them head to head. It would they couldn't gain any ground because the Giants keep winning ball games. But uh, you got a big series coming up starting tomorrow. Dodgers Padres, uh, Padres really trying to get their season turned around immediately uh, as we head down the stretch. And, and, and the Giants, to me, are starting to have some slippage a little bit. I mean, they've gained the one game, but the Dodgers don't seem to be losing any steam right now. They seem to be picking it up. Those two additions have been tremendous for them since they've gotten Trey Turner and Max Scherzer. Um, and, and, and so I don't know that the Giants still, at this point, the way the Dodgers play, I don't know that they're going to hold on. I, I, I think they're a good enough team, but the Dodgers are starting to turn it up a little bit. They are. And the Dodgers are looking like that team that we talked about at the beginning of the season that just looked like the yeah. final boss in a video game in the 1980s. Like you just <laughs> right. like you can't beat him. He hits you once they're, and it takes out 40 percent of your power. Yeah, they're the Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson punch out at the end. Him just yeah, that one shot knocks you down. It's brutal to play them. Uh, yeah, but also on top of that, you got the Braves on the NL side, yeah. on the East side, the Braves taking over the East. We know that division is bad. But that, you know, that also leads to a lot of things for the NL wildcard as well. It looks like the Braves, and it was my opinion weeks ago, I think about three, four weeks ago, I mentioned on this show to you, everyone's focusing on the Mets versus the Phillies. The Braves are going to topple them both. And look, lo and behold, the Braves are arguably one of the hottest teams in baseball, nine-game winning streak. They look really, really good every move they made. And you know, there was one move in there that we don't talk about, and we talked about just now clubhouse chemistry. Steven Vogt might be a backup catcher right there in Atlanta at the moment. And they also got Darno getting prepped to come back as well. But Steven Vogt is an incredible presence to have on any ball club. And you know, you have to know what the Braves were doing when they went and traded for Steven Vogt. Yeah. Great clubhouse guy. Uh, and, and, and can, can help a ball club out in many different ways. Um, but I think the reemergence of Max Freed mm -hmm. starting to have turn his season around. I mean, this team is 16 and two in the last 18 games. That's how well they play. But I think the one sleepy move they made was Jorge Soler. He mm -hmm. is all of a sudden started to pick it up from the power power standpoint. And that's the kind of bat they did. You lose a guy like Acuna Jr. You're not going to be able to replace him with one. So they didn't. They went and got a slew of different guys that can do different things and, and, and kind of all eat up the production that you're missing from a guy like Acuna Jr. So uh, I think the moves they've made so far has been great, but it's also been, I think, Max Fried adding that, that extra punch to that to that rotation. Um, this, this team looks like they are primed to, to really run away with it. We just saw the Phillies. They're playing some good baseball. They had some good starting pitch in this, this, in this three-game series. Um, however, uh, that Braves team seems to be – turning into the team that I think we uh, anticipated them being um, at the beginning of the season. 
And I agree with you. I think I think all those moves they made, from Jock Peterson to Solaire to grabbing, picking up Adam Duvall was a sneaky yeah. move, yeah. man. They they knew what they were doing from the get go, and look at what that team's doing. And like you said, Max Fried throwing a Greg Maddox esque uh, complete game the other day. This is a team that I think is not only going to win this division; they're going to give somebody a headache come October, whether it's the Giants or the Brewers or maybe even the Dodgers. They're going to play play somebody, and they're going to beat somebody to go to the NLCS. Hey, man, listen. Alex Anthopoulos has been on his game since he was in the Dodgers organization, kind of just, you know, adding to his toolbox. All of a sudden, he comes out, and he's turned this um, Braves organization around and, and, and has made the right moves at the right time. So uh, this team, as you said, they, they, they are primed to, to run away with this division. I like the Braves, and listen, we could very well, at least at this point, um, have a, a very similar matchup to what you saw in last year's NLCS. I'm not counting every, any of the teams out, especially the Padres, but it, you'd be a fool to think that those two aren't playing some of the best. Players. And listen, you can't forget about the Milwaukee Brewers either. man. Mm-hmm. They, they, that team is, because they are blowing the rest of that division out, we just kind of like stop paying attention to him, but oh, don't look now. All of a sudden, Christian Yelich is starting to get get his swing going again. And listen, uh, I think the addition of Colton Wong, bringing him over from from the Cardinals, um, has been a, a great signing for for the Brewers. Uh, they just seem like they are playing with a lot of confidence. You you see that two headed monster at the top of the rotation too. They can that continues to to dominate baseball. So um, this postseason, I think no matter who gets in. Is going to be a, a very exciting one, no doubt. Agreed. And a, a, a team we haven't barely even mentioned, except for a, a slight mention of Votto, is the Reds. The Reds just don't yeah. seem to want to go anywhere. And like you mentioned, Votto just put that whole team on his back and carrying them all the way to October. If he does that, I, I have to assume that he is going to be climbing the ranks for that MVP faster yeah. than we can even say a word because he's already climbed the ranks. But if this team continues the way it is, Joey Votto just might be your NL MVP. Yeah, Cody, how many times have we talked about optics and in and who's voting on this? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that not the perfect? I mean, it's it's a storyline that 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 sells, right? I mean, the Reds kind of just you know swimming in mediocrity, all of a sudden get hot as he goes on a tear hitting home runs. He's got a crazy amount of home runs in like the last twenty nine games or something like that, and. It, it seems like all of them are the three three run variety. It seems like every time I look up, Joey Votto is touching home plate with two other guys who scored before him on a three run shot. So uh, the Padres, with them kind of sinking at this point, Fernando's still doing Fernando things, but it's not with the 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 winning um, kind of highlights that come behind it. And mm-hmm. and you know and and, and it, even though it shouldn't matter. It does matter in these type of votes. It's just the way it is. And there's one thing that I think people need to, uh, I'm going to say something and people are going to think I'm crazy, but I really want to justify it real quick. When you get to October, you know what teams don't scare me? The Dodgers, the Brewers, the Astros, they don't scare me in October. And here's why. You know exactly what you're getting from those teams. Those teams are dominant. You know you're in for an uphill battle. The teams that scare me in October 
are teams like the Reds, teams like the Braves, because those teams are inconsistent. But when they are winning, they don't stop yeah. winning. And it's frightening. Right. You just don't know what you're getting from that team every single day. They might get shut out and no hit, or they might put up a 20 spot on you. And it's that <laughs> kind of inconsistency that makes me scared of them. Yeah, no, it, it makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. I mean, you, you're right. You don't know what you're going to get from, from from teams like that because we've seen them play, you know, probably some of their worst baseball and just look like they were lost. Like you, you watched the Braves. I watched the Braves twice this year and it just, it was blowing me away the talent they had and how they look. But now all of a sudden they're playing at that level that I think you thought they were, they should be playing at. And you realize how good they are, but in the back of your mind, like you said, can they? Are they? Is this? Is this going to stay, or is this going to go away at some point? So, right now, it doesn't look like it's going away for both of them. Right now, it looks like these teams are are, are playing some of their best baseball and will continue to. But that's the beauty about baseball. Even here, right now, as we speak, there's still over a month of games left, a month and a week of games left. So, uh, a lot can change from from now till then. Not only that, let's switch it over to the American League side. We spent so much time talking about the National League. There is just as much chaos taking place in the American League. The A's kind of standing pat, playing a little bit of 500 baseball right now. You got the Yankees, who are the hottest team in the American League, just like the Braves on the National League side. Um, what do we expect? We see the Red Sox, another team that's been in the top of their division all season, absolutely tanking this month, taking them out of just about any type of playoff contention. I mean, they're still in it, but they are not looking like the Red Sox of all season. Perhaps this is that whole thing. It's finally the chickens coming home to roost for the for the Red Sox. We've been talking about are they real? Are they real? Are they real? It might finally be catching up with them. What do you think we're going to be looking at specifically in the AL East? Yeah, it's it's chaotic. <laughs> it's just what it is in the AL East because I think Tampa has has solidified themselves as the team to be. I think we've talked about that on, on numerous occasions. But the Yankees are 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 steaming hot right now. Nine and one in their last ten. They've won nine straight, as you mentioned. Um, can they catch Tampa? I don't know. Uh, Tampa is they're still playing pretty good ball. They went seven and three. So uh, can the Yankees continue this toward pace that they're on? Um, I don't know. I do expect them to fully play uh, the same brand of baseball moving forward, which is uh, they've they've been they've been better on defense, they've been better in the rotation, and now all of a sudden this offense is is starting to score runs, and and that was really what I think both of us thought was holding them back. The offense wasn't clicking and playing at the level that uh, they needed to be. They are now. Um, I I I think Boston still has a chance to get in, but it's I think it's going to be via the wild card. And listen, they're tied with Oakland right now. So both of those teams slugging it out. Seattle's only three games back. Toronto's four and a half back. Uh, I don't know if either of those teams will, will factor in. I'm like, my gut says no, even though the Mariners are playing good. But uh, I think that last spot's going to come down between Boston and, and Oakland. It could. It very well could. But I'm still I'm still holding pat that the Blue Jays are going to make a serious run for this. Only four back. And it's a team that really can. But they're a team like we just mentioned before, like the Reds. They're inconsistent. And that inconsistency scares me because they can go on a they can go on a tear right now of 30 straight wins and then go on the following tear of 30 straight losses. That team. Right, and that's the thing. Their their inconsistency is more on the negative side to me. I, I I have a hard time seeing them put together a run there right at the end to catch to catch 
either the 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 Red Sox or Oakland at this point. But you're right. There's like I said, just like said for the Padres, still a month left. So we'll see what has we'll see what happens from here on out. But I just see this being a, a pretty steep hill for for the Blue Jays. They got a tough schedule down the stretch too. You know, you mentioned the Yankees swinging the bats really well, but the one thing that I think can't really go unnoticed is how certain pitchers have stepped up. Tyone has been pitching very well lately. Yes, Not to mention, yes. Heaney pitched a gem the other day for the Yankees, so I'm very excited to see where this race goes. I tend to agree with you. I personally think that the Yankees are going to finish this division in second place. The Rays just seem like a far and away better, more rounded team, and you know they are several games up. I, I like the Mariners a little bit. I, I don't, but do. I think, I think I'm just a little conditioned based on the past 20 years that the Mariners could always look like they're going to be close, but at the end of the day, they're going to finish eight back. <laughs> I mean, listen, they, listen, they're playing good ball. They're, they, it's a team that is inspired to play. They, they, they are confident, uh, but I, I'm just sorry. There's no evidence to back it up. Now I got some guys on that team too. I mean, Ty France and Aztec, uh, for life, Crawford know him pretty well. I mean, these guys can play, and they are they are exciting players. However, uh, they got to prove it. They got to prove it. I, I want to see it down the stretch. And uh, if you're asking me to 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 predict, I can't predict in their favor on this one. It just can't. You know. And last thought on the day about the wild card. You know, we've mentioned on this show before, you and I have discussed it. I've discussed it with John Heyman. I have no doubt that you've discussed it with John Heyman on the show. But John actually put out a tweet yesterday that, again, is eye-opening because we, we tend to forget it, and I feel like fans forget it, and it's a way that this whole playoff system is currently set up. And I do think it's plenty flawed. I like that there are a couple more teams in there. I like that there is somewhat of a structure for the wild card. However, I hate the one-game playoff. I hate it despise and this is what john tweeted this weekend san francisco and giants and the los angeles dodgers are the two best teams in baseball i agree with you john wholeheartedly uh going to be a great fight to the finish a bit unfair to see these teams will have to endure a one game playoff it is incredibly unfair that one of these teams has to play a one game playoff do you think that major league baseball can and quite honestly will address the wild card situation if nothing else, if you don't add extra teams, I'm fine with that. But can we at least make the wild card game a wild card series? As a base, as a former baseball player, I completely agree. Uh, you know, you played as long of a season to have one game um, in your season. See, it, it is unfair, and it, it it's something that it's hard to deal with. However. Baseball does have a um, bit of a, a, an issue bringing in an audience. And there is no better way to do that than having the drama of a one game, you're in, you're out type deal. Everybody's tuning into it. Um, and so from that standpoint, considering how, how, much, how many issues from a standpoint of bringing in a, a, a younger base, which I think – is starting to turn their way a little bit. Um, I, I, I think it's the right move. I don't think they should address it. I think um, despite that, you just, you, you got to be out of, you got to get out of that wild card spot if you don't want to be in, in that one game playoff. I don't, I, I minded it as a player. I don't mind it as much now sitting in the seat that I'm in. Okay. I, I, I don't agree. I don't disagree with you because I will give you the caveat completely. I'll completely acknowledge that every year, and this is where I kind of come up against the wall about my idea of, hey, this has got to be a 
uh, a series. Wild and it's that yeah. every single time we have a one game playoff every year, it's the best game of the year. <laughs> it just it, is. It, and I, I hate to admit it because it immediately torpedoes my own point. <laughs> but I have yet to see the wild card game not be the best game of the year. It It, it is. And it's because of the drama that's. That, I mean, it's basically a game seven. Like, I mean, the moment you, the first game you see, it's basically a game seven. And I think because of the situation baseball is in, in terms of audience, um, you got to maximize that until you bring yourself to a place where maybe you can have a series and there's more, a more nuanced audience that enjoys that type of thing. Um, but for the time being, I think you leave it alone. You you even add some teams and you can make the the next round, you know, do what you got to do there. But I still think there needs to be this one game in or you're out playoff from a spectating standpoint. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. It's just, it's just, I just can't wrap my head around (laughs) the Dodgers winning a hundred and like five games this season and getting knocked out by the Phillies who finished the season with 85 wins. I just, there's something about it that I just can't agree with, but I also understand the other side. It's a no-win yeah. situation. It, it really is. It really is. It, it, we feel that strongly because both of us have been through the gauntlet of playing that long, right? Mm-hmm. And you would hate to kind of do what you did during the whole course of that season and just get one game. That's it. Of course, that doesn't sit. But, you know, now that I'm not playing anymore, you know, I, I, I see it from a little through a different lens. Hey, listen, there's nothing in the record books that says we cannot be hypocrites the moment we retire. <laughs> and I know for a fact I have been teetering on that line every day since. Yeah, uh, well, both, brother. this has both. been an incredible episode of Big Time Baseball. Loved cutting it up with you, as always, Tony, talking about the wild card and, of course, talking about Miggy. Where can people find you, Tony? You can find me at Tony Gwynn Jr. on Twitter and on IG. You can find me at Tony underscore Gwynn Jr. Awesome, man. And, of course, check out all his shows over there on The Fan in San Diego and check him out uh, announcing Padre games. You can check me out on Twitter at Decker6 and Antihero Baseball on Instagram. And, of course, follow the show Big Time Baseball wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And, of course, most, most importantly, the Odyssey app. Like, share, and subscribe. And we will be back here next week giving you everything you need to know in baseball. And let's see how these wild card teams shift going forward. It's an exciting time to be a baseball fan, man. Indeed, it is. Hopefully, uh, we can have the type of race we've just been talking about down the stretch because uh, certainly that's the, this is the best time of year for baseball. Absolutely love it. I'm Cody Decker. That's Tony Gwynn Jr. And, of course, this has been Big Team Baseball for Odyssey Sports. Everybody have a great week. And whoever your team is, root for them, but just know the Dodgers are probably better. <laughs> Peace. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 